What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. This is your Monday show, and we have a lot of news and notes. A lot of news and notes. Um, but quick programming note. So Wednesday, as I said last week, I will remind you guys this week again, because when the show, when you guys like, are so used to like waking up and the show is already out, there will be no show until later on Wednesday, because I don't, and now I, just, I didn't even realize my schedule, how busy it's going to be on Wednesday. Um, with a bunch of different other things that I run. But Wednesday is the premiere of episode one of Moon Knight. So I'm going to watch the show and then record it um, after I see it. So it'll, the show will be out at some point in time on Wednesday. Um, I'm hoping, my hope, is to have it out by noon Mountain Standard Time, which will be 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. But we will see. I'm going to try to figure all of it out. Um, however, the plan is, as of right now, it's, it's going to be out sometime on Wednesday. So just know that. Programming up. So, um, welcome to the show. And there's going to be a lot of stuff going on on next Monday's show. So here's how I'm going to break it down. So this is kind of like a last minute decision. But I'm actually going to Dallas for WrestleMania weekend. As of right now, I am not going to WrestleMania. I'm only I'm going to Supercard of Honor, which is Friday night. I'm going to WrestleCon because um, I just saw some names on there. I'm like, oh wow, I'd love to get some autographs from these people. Um, and we can talk more about that next week. So as of right now, the plan is just to talk about on next Monday's show is just to talk about WrestleMania. But what I'm thinking about doing is having a part one and part two again. What I'm thinking is, all right, part one will be the the news and notes of the week on top of WrestleMania, on top of AEW, and anything else that happens next week. So WrestleMania part one will be part one, or part, Saturday night, excuse me, will be part one of the show. And I'm thinking I will drop that on Sunday. We'll see. Um, but I'm thinking that's how it's going to go. Now, if I decide to go to WrestleMania last minute, because I'm going to be in town from Thursday to Sunday. I'm definitely watching WrestleMania Sunday at home to come from my home Sunday night. But I I have not decided. Okay, sorry, guys. This fan is, I forgot was on. And now it's off. Anyways, um, even though you guys don't really hear the fan most of the time. But um, that if I decide to go to WrestleMania night one late, then then everything is gonna be all messed up. I'm not gonna. I'm probably just gonna record it in two parts and break it down in two parts. I don't know how I'm gonna do it yet, especially with me being out of town. Now that was not the original plan, um, but some things have happened and it's opened up an opportunity. So, anyways, as of right now, the working idea is to have two parts to next Monday's show. I will see as the week goes on. I need to see how stuff, because I really have no, I was just telling a few people this, I have no, the, the WrestleMania build has been so weak, at least the last time they were in Dallas, it was, I said this before, they were injury riddled, like it was so many injuries that went into that WrestleMania, I remember Seth Rollins was up in there, and he, he, he ended up wrestling, but there were so many things that was going against them to get this Dallas building full, this year, it's been all WWE, like, 
Literally, I just finished from watching SmackDown, and boy, oh boy, was that boring-ass show. And they're trying their best to keep Roman and Brock away from each other, but then they're going to book Roman and Brock on Monday's show. You can tell they just don't have anything going on, and they're trying they're they're running out of fumes as they're trying to get to WrestleMania. Um, and boy, oh boy, it was terrible. So I'm going to see how I feel. I'm probably going to make a last, I'm probably going to make a decision on Wednesday before I head out to Dallas Thursday morning on whether or not I'm going to go to night one of Saturday. Because night one of WrestleMania was Saturday. And that's because, honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing Edge versus AJ Styles live. I wouldn't mind seeing Owens and Austin live. You know, I, I just, it's just one of those things where, man, if you've ever been to a WrestleMania, you know how much of a hassle it can be. There's only one WrestleMania where I remember vividly, where it was in Florida, too. And I remember it so vividly. What's, was this the Miami one? Or, no, was this, was, this, was this Orlando? I don't remember which one it was. I, I want to say it was the Miami one with The Rock and Cena. I remember whatever one it was. It was a Miami one. Oh, or a Florida one, excuse me. And I remember, I remember vividly just being able to walk into WrestleMania. There was no line. or The stadium was big enough, and they had prepared well enough to where, like, there was no line. I remember every other WrestleMania I've ever been to, I've had to, I've, I've waited out. Even when the doors are open, you're still waiting in these long lines. And it's just, like, the weirdest thing, because once you get in, then it's just open space. You're like, well, what took so fucking long? This was the only rest of, I, I want to say it was one in Miami, where I literally just walked in and I was like, "Am I like late or something?" And I was like, I was still an hour early. The, the, you know, the pre matches hadn't even started yet, and it was just crazy how I was just like, "Wow!" But like going to going to those WWE shows are such a fucking hassle sometimes, dude. I, what's what's the last WWE show I went to? I think it was the last one was, I went to was in Atlanta. And the job I had bought me first row seats. I think that I think it's the last one I went to. And I, and, and I don't remember. It was a SmackDown too. I don't think it was a hassle. Yeah, I would remember it. But WrestleMania has just been. I don't know. I do, I'm probably gonna make my decision on Wednesday. And then they'll when you guys hear the show next week, you'll see how it panned out. But the top news story just happened earlier this morning. As I, as I record this show, I'm recording it on Friday night. And uh, Triple H has retired officially. And I guess is why he went on. I, I, normally, I would say he's on there to promote WrestleMania 38. But it feels like he had this platform with Stephen A. Smith where he you know, announced that he had uh, was retiring from the ring. He says he has a defibrillator. And I knew I was going to say that right. A defibrillator. In that heart, and I know in his heart. Um, so he says he's done in ring, so that's uh, we kind of saw that coming. Uh, but this is the first time Triple H has talked you know openly about it. Um, also, you know, it was kind of sad, you know, he had viral pneumonia, and it, it, we we all knew it was pretty bad. You know, I remember someone telling me, and I well, actually, I did, I did that, I ignored them, I just forgot about it. Um, but it was kind of crazy how I remember someone said, oh, the first, like the first photo of Triple H in like three months after he got, uh, out of the hospital and they said he got a lot smaller and I was like, wow. And they, they sent me a photo. I just never looked at. I was too busy. So I wasn't ignoring him. I just didn't, and just never looked at it. But, um, I think we knew it was all over, <laughs> you know? Um, I think his last match was technically against 
uh was it Shinsuke Nakamura or he, or, or he was in a tag match with, match with Shinsuke Nakamura against uh Samoa Joe and someone else um but this is really hard for me actually because crazy enough I don't think I've ever said this on the show but my favorites from top to bottom like my top three favorites you have Jericho and Macho Man are tied at the top and you have Triple H at number two and Triple H was number one but honestly the thing that made me lower him if at one point in time it was Triple H and Macho Man at one, then Jericho at two, but it was uh, the Reign of Terror that I, I, I and f- now that I've gotten away from it, way more, almost twenty years away from it actually, um, I feel like WWE was trying to do old school by making the heels the heel group go over and all this other stuff. And don't get me wrong, it it made Batista and Randy Orton's career. Period. Bottom line. However, it did so much damage to so many other people on that Raw brand. And at that time, SmackDown wasn't what SmackDown would become. So you didn't really have... You had SmackDown to lean on, but you didn't have SmackDown to lean on. Like, you had, for, for, for the matches you had that were at Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar, SmackDown didn't become SmackDown until like a year later, maybe two years later, in my opinion. But, um... So I kind of did it in, and because I remember... Also, the biggest thing that did him in for me, dude, and it which made me lower him, honestly, was the Booker T angle. That was some real racist stuff, dude. And I don't care what no one says, and it was just racist. And the fact that the racist won, it kind of like, it just hit too hard at home. Um, but um, but yeah, he's still one of my favorites of all time. Um, and actually, and yes, I and I didn't need to even wait. Like once I saw this, I started writing down my top ten favorite moments of. His career, but I want to actually uh, his in-ring career because his business career isn't done. But I did want to give three honorable mentions first. Uh, his '97 King of the Ring win, which was very kind of anticlimactic, um, especially if you know the background behind it. Um, to me, his first WrestleMania, not not just because not because he got squashed by Ultimate Warrior, but for the angle it set up and kind of like the story arc that it followed throughout the year. It was like a low-key story arc between him and Mark Merrill. They, they feuded, they fought. And Mark Merrill, was undefe- he was undefeated until, I believe, the King of the Ring tournament when he lost to Austin. And then Mark Merrill ends up winning the Intercontinental title. And at the very end of their feud, Triple H actually defeated Merrill to become the Intercontinental Champion. That's when Mr. Perfect was his, like, uh, his manager or whatever before he went off to do uh, wrestling in WCW. So I feel like that was kind of a cool moment as well. And then the other moment that I thought about, I just thought about it right now. Um, so I'm actually going to make it a number 11. I'm going to cheat here. Because yeah, as you guys know, I don't usually do things in order. But number 11 is, and I know some people think it hasn't aged well. But after what we just saw on Monday night, I don't care what anyone says, this is still hilarious to me. It's when DX did the impersonations of the Nation of Domination before the SummerSlam 98 Um ladder match with the rock that is still one of the most hilarious moments of all time i know some people don't appreciate that xbox did blackface but at that time no one was thinking about that at the time it was just it wasn't even an attitude it was just it was entertaining it's to me it's still entertaining like i know when someone's being disrespectful when someone's not being respectful like that was them just imitating no uh what they saw with the nation domination and so i can still appreciate it i don't get offended by it I'm also not a super road warrior to where I'm like, oh, we have to ride on this and this, that, and the third, and blah, blah, blah. Um, 
But yeah, that was kind of um I thought it was fun. So let's just get to number ten. Number ten. We have creating evolution. I, I we just touched on it. Um the even though we noticed the story of evolution now, uh, at the end of the day, Batista and Randy Orton did that it did what it was supposed to do. It made two new superstars. Uh two Hall of Famers, obviously. And you add them to the three like Rick Flair may be the only three time Hall of Famer. Like he literally went from the horseman to his own Hall of Fame career solo. And that that's, evolution is a Hall of Fame group. Like and when I think of Hall of Fame, I know it's about the WWE Hall of Fame a lot. I just mean my personal Hall of Fame and I, I feel like in if wrestling just know if you had a, just a wrestling Hall of Fame that was not biased, right? Which I, some people say the pro wrestling Hall of Fame isn't. I just feel like though Evolution deserves a spot. Not, they didn't have the greatest run, as far as I would. I, I wouldn't say they're above certain people, a certain groups. However, they did out. They did what they were supposed to do, and do you still have Randy Orton going to this day? You know. So, number nine is the triple threat match that no one talks about now for reasons, but it's the WrestleMania 20 main event. To me, it's one of only two matches at WrestleMania Triple H had. Excuse me, three. That, that Triple H had that I believe stole the show. This was the main event, so it should have stole the show. But it was Triple H, Chris Benoit, HBK for the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels have been in this blood feud for a while. You insert the winner of the 2004 Royal Rumble, and you get excellence. You get a five-star match. Um, I loved everything about this match. I love how the fans were just so pro-Benoit. You know, and we don't need to even go into the rest of that stuff if you guys don't want to. I, I can still watch Chris Benoit matches and not uh, wince or anything, um, but that's just me, you know. But this is one of only two, and, and honestly, the other one is not even on this. I completely forgot about it until I started thinking about it. So now I'm gonna have to add a 12th match, a 12th moment, which I'll do now. Uh, it is the Hell in a Cell between him and the Undertaker from Orlando WrestleMania, the end of Miami, uh, the end of an era, which was never end of an era. Uh, the drama in that match. They, I remember being in the crowd in that match. I remember when Shawn Michaels super kicked Undertaker and then Triple H pedigree. I remember people, Undertaker, I remember Undertaker fans were like walking out and then all of a sudden the crowd goes crazy. You have fans turning around like he kicked out because at that point I don't think anyone had kicked out of that combo. Um, it was such a great match. It was a fitting into their rivalry. Um, but yeah, I can't believe I forgot that. Um, but that to me was the second time that they stole the show at WrestleMania. The third time Triple H had a good match at WrestleMania, in my opinion, and the only time was Triple H and Stephanie versus Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle. That was the best match in that Dallas card. Speaking of Dallas, ironically, um, and it just it kickstarted Ronda Rousey on the way to a great first year in WWE. Number seven. The triple threat match from SummerSlam 2000, which which feature, featured Kurt Angle and The Rock, Triple H. This match was bananas. You have the love triangle with Kurt Angle, Stephanie, and Triple H. You have The Rock, who's a WWE champion, who The Rock of all people was kind of like the afterthought because this 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 love triangle was so just unbalanced and weird. But this built to a it wasn't even really a triple threat match because early in the match Angle and Triple H are going at it. Angle gets concussed because uh, they're on top of a table. Triple H is going to pedigree him. The table breaks and Angle con- gets concussed immediately. They send him back out. That would never happen today. Um, it ends up costing Triple H some match. This is this has made their feud more of a blood feud. 
Um, but yeah, this was a great match though. Just, but the fact that the rock was like the third will or the fourth will, excuse me. And just kind of the afterthought. And he was a WWE champion. It just made for drama. Little did we know three months later, angle would take the belt from, or two months later, actually angle would get his first WWE heavyweight championship. Number six, the three stages of hell with Steve Austin. I remember I did not see his match live. I saw it the next day. Someone taped it for me. And I remember I was like following online. And I remember like this is so early internet to where like you're like sitting there like you have to wait to afford to refresh and it just doesn't refresh as fast as it does now. And I remember looking, looking, looking and I was reading. <laughs> it took me five times to comprehend that Triple H actually beaten Steve Austin. Now this was one of the times where if you look at it psychologically, anytime the Royal Rumble winner has gone on to face their have their blood feud end in February, their title shot was on the line. This time it wasn't. It was just a blood feud that many vented, and Triple H got the win, the clean win over Austin, which was absurd at the time. But it was the right call, and Triple H still has that over him. So that was a that was a great match, though. I suggest you watch it. Number five, defeating McFoley for his world title, first world title. This story has always been very much a mystery to a lot of people, and. Um, it's just one of those situations where every time I've seen Austin asked about it, Austin kind of doesn't answer the question. And, um, it's just really fucking weird. And it, it, there must be some truth to it. Cause even Triple H has kind of avoided it. And I think Triple H has been enough of a politician over the years to where he got Bruno San Martino back into the fold in the company, Ultimate Warrior, et cetera, et cetera, to the point where I think he just knows when to not say something. But, like, I remember one, I think it was in his documentary, Triple H's documentary, where he was like, well, yeah, you got done, you know, he kind of, like, giggled it off. The rumor was always that Triple H was supposed to get the belt at SummerSlam 99, and Mick Foley was added to the match per Steve Austin's request because he didn't want to drop it cleanly to, to Triple H. But the weird thing about it was, in October at No Mercy, when Triple H was the WWE champion defending it against Austin, it Austin lost. He wasn't clean, but Austin he ended up pinning Austin anyway. So it was just really weird. I, I don't know, but that whole thing was weird. But this moment was big because this was like he had left DX months prior at WrestleMania to pursue this moment, and yeah, it, it came out, it came to fruition. Number four, forming D-Generation X with Sean Waldman, X-Pac, and the New Age Outlaws. To me, that after WrestleMania 14 was, it's a two-for-one, was uh, iconic moments for just more than one reason. We've seen really the birth of Austin McMahon happen, and then we see just this new era DX, um, where Sean Waldman comes back, cuts a shoot promo, and then you have the New Age Allos who then will become megastars in their own right. Um, as far as the, the original in, incarnation of DX, that just happened organically. Loved everything those guys did. I know a lot of people, old school guys, did not like it, but um, I thought it was great. So, number three, the ladder match. My favorite ladder match of all time is 98 Summer. And it's because not just who was in it. Because the match, there's been better ladder matches. Like, in my opinion, I think WrestleMania 17 is the best ladder match. But this is my favorite match because of the commentary. I remember, I can, I can, I can tell you JR's commentary from the get-go. 
I, I remember the one moment I said this before when we did the match of the month on this. When Chile jumps off the ladder, gets caught, nailed with the rock bottom. JR has one of the best calls of his career. The cha- um, uh, uh, Triple H just hit rock bottom from the Intercontinental Champion. It was just so dramatic, but it felt so special at the same time. You know, it just was. It just felt like it was necessary. You know, so it all fit together. Number two, tearing his quad and finishing the fucking match. Um, like at the time, it was a two-man power trip. Austin was a WWE champion and a tag team champion. Uh, Triple H was a tag team champion. He had just lost the Intercontinental title the night before to Kane. They were scheduled to lose the tag team titles to Benoit Jericho, which they did. Triple H tore his quad. Probably made things worse. Still finished the match in order to end up being off like nine months. He missed the entire invasion angle, which was for the best. Um, but just to, when you watch it and you realize like what I remember, I remember actually watching that live at home and being like, something's not right. It just looked off because he was limping the entire time and it just looked off. But that showed how tough he was. Number one is Triple H returning at Madison Square Garden after his quad injury. That was the loudest ovation I think Triple H has ever gotten. They wouldn't even let the man talk. And Jared said, hey, you guys need to let him talk. Like, on commentary, they can hear him. But it was, I, I was surprised and shocked. I didn't know Triple H had that. I, I, this is the peak of my Triple H fandom, where I, he's he's the, just the guy to me, you know? And I remember vividly, just so crazy how... Um, it, it just it just felt so real, and you could tell he was missed, you know, which is crazy. So, um, he much respect to Triple H, Paul Levesque, doing the way he's done in the ring, outside of the ring. He still has a lot more to give to the business. So, um, until he gets that Hall of Fame, not individually, uh, much much peace, much love, respect. So, let's get on with the show here, and these are the only notes. Oh, see. I am right. Anyways, so two quick notes that are going to be out of order than everything else. Paige Van Zandt taking some time away from AEW to prepare for a fist fight, uh, her actual fight for with BKFC. And ROH employees have started to be let go by Sinclair, including Hunter Johnson. That is the Hunter Johnson that was uh, famously ripped a new one in the uh, the U-Shoot interview with Jim Cornette, which uh, I guess when doesn't he... Um, um, Rips more than a new one of those things, right? So, WWE. Let's let's, let's just do WWE. Let's, let's stick with WWE notes. SmackDown. Xavier Woods, King of Woods, has returned. So, I guess we're going to see if they have a main event WrestleMania match. I, I mean, excuse me, a WrestleMania match. But we also have some of the weirdest news that came out this week. Angel Garza, thanks to Umberto pinned Ricochet, Intercontinental Champion. Ricochet then said, I'll defend the title against you both next week. So we will not have an Intercontinental Championship match at WrestleMania. This match will happen on SmackDown, live, I guess, before the entry goes into the Hall of Fame, next Friday, along with the Andrea Giant Battle Royal, which will feature Finn Balor, the United States Champion. So no mid-card champions will make WrestleMania's card this year. Unfucking believable. Two of the best talents, and they're currently champions, and there won't be on the rest of. I hope that I'm overreacting to this. When I saw this, I was like, "This is bullshit." Are you fucking kidding me right now? 
like I was I I was kind of stunned, but it makes sense because I'm thinking it's gonna be Finn Balor versus Damian Priest, all this other stuff, and it's like it, they weren't announcing anything. And then I guess it kind of made sense because then the on a note that I, we talked about earlier. Edge and AJ Styles have been moved from Sunday night main event, excuse me, Sunday night WrestleMania. Why do I keep saying main event? These are not, this is not the main event, but Sunday night WrestleMania to Saturday night WrestleMania to balance things out. Because, yes, I will say the Saturday night was looking pretty fucking weak. Saturday night was looking pretty fucking weak. And I was like, what's going on? Why are none of the big names really? And I, I, I owns the name, Austin's the name. I, but I just felt like they were stacking everything for Sunday. And honestly, I assumed. It was because Sunday they want to have more tickets sold. I, I don't know. But either way, to have, not have any of your mid-card champions on WrestleMania, which is not, not anything new to belts not being defended, they're not even going to be on the card, though. So I'm hoping that... I am hoping and praying to sweet baby Jesus that they're just in these matches, but they're in something. I know I'm... Dude, I have to hope him, and I'm... And I'm sniffing away. I don't believe this I'm saying this, so don't yell at me. But I'm hoping they're on SmackDown as well as this. But to have the, to have the Andre Balrow on, on SmackDown and have Finn Balor, who's a raw talent, it just doesn't look good at all. So, uh, Shane Helms has signed a Legends deal. He announced down Twitter. RK Bro versus the Usos on Raw as well as Roman and Brock will both be on Raw as well. So they're stacking Raw, the last Raw before uh, WrestleMania, Shaq Gaspar to get the Warrior Award. The thing I find funny about this, or ironic about this, is all the comments that the Warrior made about black people and gay people, and a guy who's a, truly a hero in saving his son and losing his life in the in the process, which is unfortunate, is being honored with the Warrior Award from some award from somebody who actually didn't probably even care for black people too much. Just think that's interesting. They won't go there. Um, Goldberg, he will have an autograph signing in Mania weekend. So for those of you guys going, like me personally, I've never been to a WrestleCon before, um, but that's why I wanted to go to WrestleCon. I know I get the gimmick of you meet talent, you, you pay for the autographs, pictures, whatever you like, but I've still never been to one. You know, I've been I've been to one wrestling convention that was similar to that. Um, it was in Georgia, and actually it was it was like in the, it was in the country country of Georgia too. Um, but um, I think I, I met Bobby Eaton there, Sabu. Ron Simmons. I saw a bunch of different people. I remember I was going to see Tommy Dreamer. And when, I remember I went to see Ron Simmons, guy's autograph. And I, when I turned around, Tommy Dreamer had nobody in his line. So I said, fuck it, I'm going to go get Sabu. I went to Sabu because Sabu was like right next to Ron Simmons. I go get an autograph from Sabu. I turn my head. Tommy Dreamer has a line so long. I was like, I'm no, I'm going to go home now. Um, I didn't stay long. You know, but this vibe was interesting seeing uh, WrestleCon. So I was like, you know what? F it. Let me just uh, try this out. Because I already knew I was going to Supercard of Honor. So I said, let me just see what it's about. But for those of you who are looking for a Goldberg uh, autograph, he will be at WrestleMania weekend. Also, speaking of WrestleMania, it will be in theaters. I, I don't know, Slayers. You probably should look that up if you want to go to a movie theater, watch it. Uh, Four hour show. Um, but also, per PWI, uh, excuse me, of The Observer. Uh, WrestleMania from now on will be two nights, and this actually isn't kind. Of, this actually isn't a surprise, only because I remember when they did the first year, which was 2020, due to COVID. It was two. It was a two night event, and at first that was because of the need, because COVID 19, all this other stuff. And 
I believe it was Meltzer again who said after the show happened, they got such great feedback that they were just kind of like, man, maybe we should do this two thing, two night thing. And apparently it was Vince the one that kind of vetoed it. Um, and then they did two nights again last year. I necessitated again, you know, because we just, it wasn't, the restrictions aren't as light as they are right now. You know, like New York just lifted their mask mandate for our private companies. Um, but this is not a surprise. We, I think we kind of saw this coming. And the fact that if you look at the, even this year, they're struggling to put talent on the card and they don't know what to do with them a lot of times. And it's just like, I can see this being a thing from now on. I hope the builds aren't like this, but I can definitely see this being a thing. Now, will this turn some people? I think if you have the right WrestleMania package where it's like, let's say 1500 bucks, and you have a plane ticket, a hotel and two seats or maybe $2,000 each or something like that. I could see that being a, 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 a attractive thing offer. Um, outside of that, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if it benefits you to be in town those two days because some people truly just want to go to WrestleMania Sunday and then go to the Raw after. The Raw after is always a big deal. Um, so I. I don't know, but we'll see how that goes. Um, also, speaking of the Raw after uh, uh, WrestleMania, Veer has finally had a debut date. It will be April fourth, the day after WrestleMania. So check that out if you care about Veer. Also, a note, a correction note that I need to make from last week's show. I said Booker T and Charmel will be the only couple in the Hall of Fame. That is not true. Beth Phoenix and Edge are married and they're both in the Hall of Fame. But I will say this, that, you know, they're both wrestlers. Charmel's not, I would never consider Charmel a wrestler. She was definitely a valet. Um, even though I know she wrestles some matches. Anyways, conflicting reports on what will happen on main event night one. Uh, it was supposed to be Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair, which it should be because Ronda Rousey won the Royal Rumble. But then it was reports last week that Steve Austin and Kevin Owens might main event. And I don't. But my thing is they have, they're promoting the KO show, they're not promoting a match. If they're promoting a match, it doesn't matter what you put on in the main event because people will think that Austin KOs the main event. This clearly will be a brawl. This clearly will be a long brawl, um, and it may turn into a match. If it turns into a match, I wouldn't be surprised if this many events. But I just think because of the way they're promoting it, this would just be a big brawl that might go all over Texas Stadium. So I, I still think that Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair will main event WrestleMania. Also, note on Lashley. Bobby Lashley did not have surgery on that shoulder like he was supposed to have. Shoulder he was supposed to have. And apparently he's not medically cleared yet. But apparently if he gets medically cleared within the week, he will be the opponent for Omos at WrestleMania. And apparently Omos is having a WrestleMania match. It will be one-on-one. They don't know who it is if it's not Bobby Lashley yet. That's crazy considering you have, once again, Finn Balor off your fucking WrestleMania card. Just saying. Tori Wilson. I thought these last few notes were just very interesting. That's why I wrote these down. Tori Wilson said that she wanted to thank Sable in her Hall of Fame speech. But when she read it to uh, WWE execs, they said, no, you can't say her name. And she said, well, if you go to the autograph sign, that's the best way you can hear her name because you're now allowed to say her name in WWE. I'm like, that's kind of, that's kind of crazy considering her husband is main eventing another WrestleMania. I'm, I, I'm like, that's interesting. I wonder, I, I thought they sold those lawsuits or whatever, or just, I don't know. But I just thought that was an interesting note for those Sable fans. Also, on Cody's new deal, per PWI Insider, he's not just a talent, but he will be a producer. So, 
and also apparently he's working on a Dusty Rose documentary. Let me take let me tell you guys something. Being a producer in the WWE, in my opinion, you don't hear too much about them unless you're a what's his name? TJ Wilson. No, that's not Wilson. Tyson Kidd. I'll just say his not his real name. Like Tyson Kidd get he gets much love for working with the women. But, like, other producers you usually don't hear about unless it's bad things. Like, don't tell me her Arn Anderson's name when he was a producer was about the bad shit. I'm talking about in the headlines and stuff like that. Like, you got wrestlers talking good in shoot interviews, but I'm talking about, like, it's in the headlines. So, I don't know if that's, I don't know what that, what that means. That, 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 I guess it's like, hey, you can do this because we just, we just take this away at any time anyway. You know what I'm saying? It just feels, it just feels weird. Speaking of producers, Petey Williams, who used to be with Impact Wrestling, um, Became a producer for WWE 2021. Apparently, Vince McMahon's new rule is no one can call him Petey. They can only call him Pete or Peter. I thought this was fucking hilarious considering I had a situation like this at a job many years ago where this gay guy's name was Romeo. And that was his government name, Romeo. My boss was this just hard-nosed guy and he hated the name Romeo. So he was like, hey, you guys cannot call him Romeo. And then I remember Romeo being like, well, that's my name. What are you going to call me? We're calling you by your middle name. He was like, but I don't want to be called. I don't, I don't remember what his middle name was. But here's how absurd this, arg- this argument with like 30 minutes where he's saying his middle name. Romeo ref- refuses to even answer or acknowledge him. Mind you, work in the customer service like industry. So like we have guests that's in the restaurant as the boss is trying to get this dude's attention by calling him by his middle name. Like, he's even in his ear, like, next to him saying his middle name. You've guessed sitting down looking like, what the fuck is going on? Me and the bartender are just laughing our fucking asses off. Because, like, this dude is insane. And that's the same thing I thought about Vince McMahon. This guy's fucking insane. I thought it was funny. The Steve Austin podcast. Except the hit YouTube podcast one that said they will begin putting episodes up that's dope let me tell you guys let me tell you guys something i don't know where i think i was driving to wrestlemania and i remember at the time uh podcast one i don't think you had to pay for it but i think you had limited access to their podcast and i remember at the time i think we have only listen to like one or two or the, the latest three or two or three or whatever so i remember i was on youtube and i was driving i'm driving hours so i'm trying to find something to uh keep me going because music is good for so long you need to listen to that to something else right so I remember vividly, um, just so ha- I was in a rest stop using the bathroom, and I was just on my phone uh, uh, outside because I wanted to stretch my legs. So I went to go pee, get on my phone, like just stretching my legs. I get about 15, 20 minutes, or whatever, stretching my legs, and that's it now. And I remember I just so happened to go on YouTube, and the, the Steve Austin podcast popped up on YouTube. So I remember for like the next four hours, I was in I was in bliss. I was listening to the Steve Austin podcast with Scott Hall. I listened to him with Bret Hart. And then in the middle of Bret Hart, they pulled episodes from YouTube. Podcast One did. So then I had to go back to listening to fucking music. And I was like, great. I was, it killed my entire buzz the rest of the way to Florida. It was just fucking bananas. But I thought it was hilarious, though. Um, anyways, WWE now has a broadcasting deal with the Middle East and Africa. David Otunga. Is auctioning off his engagement ring to charity. So, for those of you who don't know, David Otunga used to be engaged to Jennifer Hudson. And they were engaged for many, many years. They have a, a child. And when they broke up, there was a huge fight over the child. But the only reason I'm saying this is because 
the charity he's donating it to is uh, as fathers for justice or something like that is about fathers who want to be in their kids lives i just thought that was fucking dope i didn't even know that existed so that's fucking dope because he did fight to make sure he was in his child's life and it was just one of those things where it was like i, I think everyone in in, in, the, in the industry kind of knew they weren't gonna get married because it was it was so many years, and they, they just kept just kept getting pushed off. But um, no, I, I just wanted to announce that with the drama it comes with it, I guess. But it was just one of those things where it's kind of like, man, that was just fuck. It was just fucking dope. I just didn't know that that, that kind of cherry existed because there's so many cherries being down fathers, and this comes from someone who didn't was raised with no father. But I just thought it was dope that you have someone out there like that. J.J. Dillon and Kevin Sullivan were on the, the Judge Steve Harvey show. Didn't know that show existed. They were they were in court over seven. What was it? Seven hundred and fifty? No, <laughs> way two hundred. Uh, seventy five hundred dollars of boat money that apparently um, Kevin Sullivan owed to J.J. Dillon. I did not watch this episode. I've just been running across things this week, and I said I didn't know this existed. I didn't know there was a Judge Steve Harvey show. When did he become a fucking judge? And last time he was a judge, didn't he give the crown away to someone, the wrong person? I just thought it was hilarious. I'm like, why are you guys getting... They probably got a nice payday out of it, so it doesn't matter. NXT. Dolph Ziggler versus Braun Breaker is official. That's clearly... We know the winner of this match. But I just, I, I, it's just one of the things... That I, I didn't think it was, it was an official until after I did the show last week. So I wanted to make sure you guys knew that. EO Shirai and Kaylee Ray are the Dusty Cup winners for the women this year. And I can tell you right now, I tried watching NXT this past week. It's just not for me. And that's okay. It's just one. It's 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 just um, yeah. It's just super weird, man. Um, so it's just one of those things where I just yeah, I tried and I'm done now. <laughs> and so it's one um one of those things that it's just yeah, I tried. <laughs> That's the best I got for you guys. Let's hit raw. Kevin Owens was already Hall of Famer great career he is now a legend <laughs> this man came out to stone cold steve austin's team he had a hat cap on to be bold air quotes i'm doing air quotes you can see me doing air quotes and he did one of the best canadian southern texas accents to make fun of steve austin of all time like this was great i don't care what anyone says this was hilarious i was very highly entertained like this was just fantastic. I'm, I'm pretty sure Austin had a great chuckle in the back or at home. Being like, I'm going to kick this dude's teeth in, but this is great. It was fun to watch. Roman and Brock, as I said earlier, will definitely be on next week's Raw. For those of you who care, um, I personally don't. NWA, the Briscoes won the 2022 Crockett Cup. Nick Aldis lost via DQ to Matt Cardona, so Cardona keeps his NWA World Championship. But he, but no, Aldis might get some revenge this week, and we'll tell you why in a second. Homicide is the new NWA Junior Heavyweight Champion. More news and notes. Hernandez is currently done with his impact run, his current impact run. Grisham, Jonathan Grisham, is now the Progress Champ. So think about how crazy this is. Grisham owns or holds the Progress Championship. Who does business with WWE. He's the current Ring of Honor Classic Champion. Which is under the AEW banner. Now he may lose that AEW Championship. Or the, or the original ROH Championship. 
this Friday at Supercon of Honor. But if he ends up winning, that's just going to make this even better. ROH Supercard of Honor. Let's get to the card real, real quick. Jonathan Gresham versus Bandito to unite the world championships. For those of you who don't remember, back in December, Bandito popped for COVID. He could not defend the ROH World Heavyweight Championship at Final Battle. That's when Jay Lethal had to step in. He ended up losing. They fought Jay Lethal and Gresham for the classic ROH Championship. And in that process, it made it two champions. They will unite those belts. This, I would have to assume Gresham was going to already win that match against Bandito. I would have to assume Gresham, unless he decided to not sign with AEW or ROH, is going to win this match as well. But we'll see. And a first-time-ever match for the ROH Tag Team Championships, the Briscoes will defend against FTR. This will be a fantastic match. This is the reason why... This is one of the many reasons why I decided to go to WrestleMania weekend next week is to see this match live. I said, there's going to be something special happening. I need to be there to watch that live. And I, I will. We have Swerve versus Zane. We have Jay Lethal versus Lee Mariotti. And we have the pure title on the line. Woods the champion versus Yuta Wheeler. So AEW talents all up and down this roster, up and down this card. So that's a good thing. Impact. The multiverse of matches this week. Check this out. The X Division title match, Trey Miguel versus Vincent versus Chris Bay versus Rich Swan, Willie Mack, and Jordan Grace. I can only imagine what Grace is going to do in this fucking match. This is going to be bananas. The champ champ will have her challenge. Deanna Peraza will have an open challenge to who? I have no clue. Obviously, you don't either. The Knockouts will have a four-way tag team title match. Sounds familiar with WrestleMania. Uh, Madison Rain and Tennille Dashwood, Dashwood, Savannah Evans versus Tasha, me, Savannah Evans and Tasha Steele versus Rosemary and Havoc and Giselle Shaw and Lady Frost. In a non-title match, this is going to be a busy weekend for the Briscoes. The Briscoes will face off against the Good Brothers. Jay White versus Chris Sabin. Ishii versus Eddie Edwards, Mickey James and Nick Aldis, the married couple, what I talked about earlier, versus the Cardonas. This may be where that revenge comes into play. Moose and PCO will ta- also tag team up against Josh Alexander and Jonah. Here's something weird about this. I just couldn't get into Jonah when he was in W. I, I, I saw everyone else, so I did, I did, I promise you guys. There's just something about him. He reminded me of Braun Strowman. Uh, I just couldn't get into him. You know, and I, even then, like, I was at the store the other day, and I saw a Bronson Reed action figure, and I was like, nah, would that be cool to have my, I, I just, I never liked him, though. Not, I was never a fan of his. I liked his, I liked him, I just never was a fan, you know, but I just, I just couldn't get with it, dude, so, I don't know. Anyways, and Alex Shelley will face Mike Bailey, A.W., Ethan Page has signed a multi-year extension last year, but apparently WWE had a lot of interest in him. I mean, I I, th- I could see him in both companies. I think he would be good in WWE too. I think he he fits a role where you could put him in that mid card, and he could be a multi-time United States champion, multi-time uh, Intercontinental champion. I think he just fits his role pretty well. He came from Impact for you guys wondering. I did not announce this last week because I. I didn't see this in my notes earlier, uh, last week. AEW and DDT Pro Wrestling will be working together. So, uh, for those of you guys like DDT Pro, there you go. You see a lot more of it. CM Punk on Dynamite defeated Dax in a really good match. FTR is clearly going face, and they're and they're going to fight the Gun Club this Wednesday, but they're clearly going face. But it's going to be interesting because MJF in his promo later that night said, for those who think the Pinnacle is dead, 
watch what we do next week. So it's clear Sean Spears and MJF are still staying heel, but FTR looks to be going face, especially after all that Dax gave to CM Punk. And CM Punk looks good. So in a crazy eight-man tag team match, you have Sting and Darby Allen and Hardy Boys defeating Butcher the Blade and Private Party. and It was just crazy. Jeff and Matt are clearly just like, this. if we're going to go on one last run, we're going out with a bang. Matt was put through a table. You know, by private party, their double rock bomb through the table. Jeff had to jump off something t- uh, high. Of course he did because he's a maniac. Just crazy. The Blackpool Combat Club. The Blackpool Combat Club? For those you who don't know, that's John Moxley, Brian Danielson, and William Regal. That's the name of their officially group. They defeated the Varsity Club. And Julia Hart is still under this, this trance after being missed it. So it's only a matter of time before... She just turns on those those poor blonde kids. Poor bastards. They don't know what's coming from. MJF goes off in his promo. He says that he will not let Warlow out of his contract. He's, he said he's going to pay him to stay home. He's giving him the Deshaun Watson treatment. Jesus Christ. I didn't know why people got that. Um, and also, the AEW with the perfect touch after that. They take Warlow off the AEW roster page. It, it's such a great touch. I, I loved it. I clearly this match is happening at Double or Nothing, but this is this is awesome. Will Willer, I see I knew I was gonna have problems saying it. My my accent, my 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 list. Will we Wheeler Utah and Trent, they're clearly gonna head for a match. Trent said he never liked uh Yuta. Yuta said the same thing about him. He says he liked those other guys. Like it's clear that they don't want him well, Trent doesn't want him in the group anymore, but Yuta doesn't want to be there either. So it's gonna it's clear that they're they're gonna fight, even though Yuta doesn't want to be there and Trent doesn't want him there, but I guess if they never liked each other, why not fight? Adam Cole is just a thief. Adam Cole on Rampage stole the AEW Tag Team Championships. And then on this show, he nutshotted Jay Lethal for the win. Then go to Adam Page to come out to only to beat him down and steal his AEW World Heavyweight Championship. So for those of you who are wondering, because I didn't know this either until they said it on Dynamite. But Jay Lethal at the time was a number three ranked challenger. For the AEW Championship. Once again, people... That's, that's what I do like about AEW. Is even if you don't watch Dark, those matches still, still do matter. Like, he quietly was 10-2. and two, Now he's 10-3 and because he lost to Jay Lethal. I mean, to Adam Cole. And, and all three of Jay Lethal's losses are premier losses. Ricky Starks, Sammy Guevara, and Adam Cole. Anyways... Adam Cole was number four. Now I'm sure he moves up to number three. But there's there's a battle of the belts. Another battle of the belts coming up, I think, next month in April. So he's going to get a, another rematch. This, this is clearly not over, even though CM Punk is signaling that he wants a shot at that AEW World Heavyweight Championship, which I would have to imagine he is number one ranked. Uh, I would have to assume he only has one loss. So I have to assume that's what's, up, what's happening up next. But Adam Cole's a straight thief. Tay Conte and Sammy Guevara are still before the American Top Team. I know a lot of people did not like this segment, how uh, it was put on, uh, I believe, Twitter, where they were, uh, Tay Conte and Sammy Guevara were both naked with the TNT Championship belt around their waist. A lot of people got felt like it was disrespectful to prior champions. They only did, I don't know when wrestling got to be this sensitive, but Shawn Michaels did the same thing with the WWE. The wing eagle title was around his naked body. I think he did play Plaga. And um, yeah, there's been worse things done to those belts. Trust us that we don't know about. 
Um, so this is the last thing to worry about. I actually have no interest in this feud because I actually hate seeing couples on TV and making it known that, hey, we're breaking the fourth wall when we all really know you're a couple. I don't get offended by it. I just don't have any interest in it. You know, like when they put uh, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch together, I could care less because you guys are great talents on your own. Be on your own. I only see you in a mixed tag team match where the woman's not even going to get touched. Like, even seeing Baron Corbin hit the end of days was shocking. It was just fucking shocking. But it's so taboo that I just don't need to see them together. Like, we're not, it's not back in the day when you had Lita getting beat up with Steve, by Steve Austin and Triple H with a chair and the pedigree. Um, so I just don't need to see it. Not because I'm jealous or not because I I can care less about their relationship. It's their, it's their personal relationship. Cool. Sammy, I salute you, brother. You had a hot chick that you were engaged to. You have an even higher chick in Tay Conte. Go for it. They're both hot. You chose one over the other for whatever or whatever happened. None of my business. I truly don't give two flying fucks. Layla Hirsch defeated uh, Red Velvet after cheating. Uh, this this issue between Hirsch and Chris Statlander is far from over. Though. I feel like we're going to have a blow-off match very, very soon. And the Jericho Appreciation Society defeated Dark Order. Did you guys know the Dark Order was the number one contender for the Tag Team Championships? Because I didn't know that shit. You know, so I'm assuming even with the loss, they're still number one or number two ranked. Um, but it doesn't matter because Adam Cole's still in everyone's fucking belts. So, who fucking knows? Anyways, that was the show for this week. Longer show than usual. Had a lot to get to. But remember, programming note. Wednesday, the show will be out later as I have a bunch of stuff to do. And Moon Knight makes its first uh, debut live action ever. And we, I can't wait to watch it. So remember, it'll be out later that day on Wednesday. So enjoy the rest of the week. I will talk to you guys on Wednesday. Enjoy WrestleMania. Talk to you guys next week as well. I am Solo Chemical and I'm out.